Social media is known as life's highlight reel, but I pay more attention to the stories that peel back the emotional curtain and expose more realistic viewpoints when it comes to what you can expect outdoors and the pain that can happen along that journey. Enola's photos caught my eye one day because the imagery was different than anything else on my feed, but it was her words that were attached to the photo that made me follow along. The words and the pictures were tinted with emotion that was relatable and reflected a person who was wanting to see beyond the glitter of life and delve deeper into her own self. This interview was recorded a little over a year ago, before she left for a road trip of self-discovery, so it's fun to look back and talk about her trip and anticipation. Enjoy. Welcome to the Texas Trailhead Podcast. I started hiking to help with my health, both mental and physical. And now I'm encouraging y'all to get out and enjoy the trails, the outdoors, camping, all that stuff that Texas and beyond has to offer. So join me, Danny Laurel, as I'm sharing stories from myself and others who enjoy the outdoors as well. So grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead. And then based off of the number, are you currently in San Antonio? Is that where you're from? Yes, I have been born, or I'm born and raised in San Antonio, Texas. Oh, dang. Nice. Yep. Mm -hmm. I am a native. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to talk. So, like, my parents split up when I was really little. I was, like, six. And so I moved back and forth from the valley. Uh, I was born in Laredo. Oh, nice. Um, but I lived in the Valley and then lived in Houston as I like went back and forth with my parents. Yes. So Laredo, I actually know quite a handful of people who have come from there who are really um, artistically inclined. So I know a lot of good people who come from Laredo. But yeah, I mean, Houston's always been kind of like a hub for that. But I think San Antonio, too, especially and maybe someone who is into the art scene and into photography, I'm sure you've probably seen San Antonio kind of change with bringing some of like its heritage and then kind of using that as like an influence to like a modern day part of it. Cause I mean, there's definitely parts of San Antonio that I feel like are more artistic than others. Definitely a scene. I do have to say when I was barely entering the scene, um, it was like a culture shock. I didn't know that there was that many artists trying to create a name for themselves. Um, it was really amazing, really beautiful. All the people that I met, you know, all the ideas and all the art and the growth. So definitely I have seen that, but I, I do have to acknowledge that I felt like I was a little naive to my culture, like my Hispanic culture. It hasn't been till recently where I have acknowledged it more and, um, acknowledge the artists that come with it as well. And I think for a lot of us too, you know, when just for personal experience, like when I was growing up, you know, my, me and my sister weren't raised to be fluent. You know, my whole oh, yeah. fam, my whole family sp speaks Spanish 
And at the time it was like, yeah, you, you probably aren't going to need that so much whenever you get older, you know, not really yeah. appreciating it. But, you know, we all, we stopped, we talked to our grandparents in like a Spanglish. Um, and then like the Valley Spanglish is really specific to, I think you get a little bit in San Antonio with, with some of the phrases and stuff like that. But um, I think you're seeing a lot of it. And, and I'm, I get inspired by my sisters too, who, who have, kind of rediscovered a lot of their heritage too and um mm. i i think it's i think it's neat whenever people kind of find that again yeah of course um because i feel like it's everything we were denied because you know coming from our our i don't want to say ancestors but like our family line you know like your mom and your dad and your grandparents i feel they be, try to become americanized and they try to kind of hide uh, the culture, you know, so we forget everything. Like I remember being younger and doing flocorico and it wasn't until I got older. I was like, Oh man, I totally used to do that whenever I was younger. You know, like I took classes for that and I forgot, um, how beautiful our culture was, you know, like there's things that I haven't even taught my kids, you know, like if they ask me, Oh, you know, what's Cinco de Mayo? I'm like, uh, like, 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 let's look this up together. Like, let's learn together exactly what this is, which is a little unfortunate. But I mean, at least we're acknowledging, you know, uh, what it is that we need to learn and how to uh, share that with our children. Yeah, I think, too, I think part of that is just even if you grow up kind of around it, I think sometimes you you take it for granted yes. and you don't really appreciate it until you leave that area. And then you're like, oh, man, you know, there was some amazing things and some amazing cultural aspects. And I've definitely been wanting to go back to McAllen and kind of hop around and obviously do some hiking and stuff, but just kind of be there. And, you know, when you're in high school, you're just like, Ugh, I want to get out of this place. And then, <laughs> and then you know, now that I've grown up a little bit um it's definitely something that i i really want to do so just to pivot a little bit mm -hmm. so so we first kind of started communicating on the instagram and i think when we first kind of connected on there it was based off of the outdoor stuff and then recently you've been doing from what it seems like is, is some of the photography that you had started doing mm -hmm. um so kind of tell me uh, where did the photography um interest start for you uh i think and you know what i'm gonna be quite blunt uh i've had an affair with photography for the past 20 years um, I remember being a child, you know, nine, 10 years old, taking pictures of my sister, taking pictures of my friends, you know, uh, with, you know, a tiny little Polaroid camera. And um, it kind of expanded into boudoir. And I didn't know that's what it was exactly. And I knew I didn't want it to look uh, exactly like boudoir, but I knew that I wanted to put a spin on it. Um, I'm naturally a moody person. Uh, very emotional uh, storyteller and I felt like I have such a deep respect for uh, human body physical form and um, that's where it stemmed from I, I think uh, I never thought that I would I don't want to say get into landscaping or more nature photography that's not where I was going with any of it but as I took uh, a step in that direction with more of my traveling and getting out and hiking and exploring the outdoors, I really just 
capture and storytell through my photography. You know, I storytell through my photos. So were you taking photos and you were like, I want to try doing landscape photography, so let me start spending more time outside? Or did you start spending more time outside and you're like, dang, this is pretty. I'm going to take some pictures out here and see what happens. <laughs> I definitely hiked more. Um, I have this feeling that I didn't want to disrespect anybody who was <laughs> a landscape photographer. Uh, yeah, you know, a photographer, I didn't want to step on any lines or boundaries, cross any boundaries, being that I was coming from a total opposite side of the spectrum of photography. And I, I honestly, I didn't think it would be appreciated. I didn't think I had that eye for outside natural photography. So whenever I was out there, I was pretty much just capturing what I found beautiful, but my connection, I think, to others was my storytelling, you know, was uh, what I was feeling in the moment, what I was going through. Um, you know, if it was me talking about my venture hiking, my ventures through hiking, or if it was uh, anything personal, real personal, where being out there uh, pretty much opened my mind and I could think, you know, because when you're out there, sometimes when you're out there alone, it gets quiet. You know, it gets real quiet and you are introduced to yourself, like your inner workings of the way that you think and the way that you feel. And you have a lot of time to dig deep into who you are and solve some of your issues and, you know, insecurities or problems that you're going through. Yeah. And, and that's kind of something I don't really talk about as much as, you know, because the Texas Trailhead, this project that I started was all about my reaction to kind of what I was going through at the time and how mm. how much better I felt when I started spending time outside. But in those first few like months of being outdoors, you know, someone that comes from a like retail industry. So I'm I'm people facing, I'm talking to people all day. And in my in my personal life, like that's not something I really enjoy doing as much. Yeah. Um, but when you start going outdoors, kind of what you just talked about, you know, when you're hiking by yourself, you, you're, you're alone out there and the, the anxiousness and the anxiety episodes, like mm -hmm. that, that took a while to still overcome to kind of understand one, just your surroundings and be a little bit more prepared, but Two, to kind of still use that time to refocus that mental energy because it's quiet and so you hear yourself. And so kind of what you were just speaking to, using that energy and using those thoughts in your head and just trying to change those conversations that you had. Because for me, it was, it was kind of tricky because I was, one, kind of nervous about being outside and like, snakes and kind of a, a lot of the conversations that I have being with people exposed. that are yeah and it's like <laughs> oh my gosh what do I do and and then you know you you get a little bit better and then you get a little bit better and then you get a lot more comfortable and then mm -hmm. you can start going going back to that so um and I and I think that's what was how I just kind of stumbled on your account it's just looking at the photos like I don't really consider it landscape photography because it 
is mm-hmm. like when you're looking at the pictures, it is capturing kind of a moment of time as opposed to just like a scene. And then the story that goes with it, I think, brings it all together. So I was really impressed with just how those two work together because I've talked about this before on here too. It's just, you know, Instagram for a lot of things, it's like the highlight reel, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And people are, are just kind of putting their their best, most positive thing out there. And I think what I was drawn to the most was like, not everything is necessarily like super pretty. Sometimes there is a little bit of grit behind it. And that's it's just, raw. And that's it's kind of just raw. life, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's raw human emotion. And I feel um, with the photography that I started with, I still connect and I still resonate with uh, the photography that I originally you know, how do I say it? Like express myself through like anything that you see that is initially me, you know, anything, any way that I express myself, it's always raw. It's always real. And sometimes people don't like it. You know, some people like the words, some people don't. Sometimes it's a little, you know, um, outside of a norm, but I feel like when there's an Instagram or Facebook or any sort of social platform, we're so afraid to really express and to talk about, you know, mental health or, you know, a real life issues at hand, things that are happening. And I feel like the more that I am relatable to others, people reach out and they're just like, you know, I, I didn't comment, but I definitely understood where you're coming from. And, you know, and you create these bonds with people where they're just like, yes, you know, like we don't see enough of this. And I see that in your work as well. You know, I see it more and more and more. And the more I feel people are raw and honest with their work, uh, the more people want to resonate with it and connect with you and feel like they're not alone. How was that for you when people started reaching out? Was that comfortable for you or did it take a little bit of use to kind of have that conversation off offline, I guess. Mm, I feel like it was, uh, I mean, knee jerker reaction. It was validating. Um, it was validating, but it was also, um, being heard and being seen, uh, you're very, um, vulnerable, you know, and sharing parts of you that people don't get to see or, uh, them, you know, your, your audience, Uh, them sharing those pieces of them with you. It's very humbling. It's almost, you know, to the point where I was just like, thank you so much, you know, for sharing your story, sharing your feelings, sharing how this photo or these words resonated with them. Um, I thought it was really beautiful and I really appreciate it. I'm constantly humbled all the time when people reach out. It's really nice. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are the times when social media is, I mean, it's a coin, right? So there's always going to be both sides, but when you have those positive moments, I think it really kind of just like that pat on the back. You're like, man, that, that, that made me feel good about kind of continuing on and continuing to still tell that story. So I'm glad you're getting people reaching out to you because I definitely want you to keep doing it and doing it because I love reading it. Um, But kind of with the hiking too. So, uh, I, on your on your profile, you you mention a few of the different, just kind of hiking goals and challenges you've set for yourself. But going back a little bit, like what were some of your first 
kind of more traditional like hiking experiences for you and and where were you kind of going in those early days was it mostly around san antonio it was um i think the first park i ever visited was lost maples and then enchanted rock Dang, and... like the like top two for me like <laughs> right back to back <laughs> it was you know like i had heard actually um i mean just side tangent really quickly i didn't grow up in any sort of okay that's a dirty lie um i I didn't even know what a state park was. Let's start there. You know, um, my family liked to camp on the beach and I hated it. You know, I <laughs> wasn't used to that getting sand everywhere. Yeah, let's get real. I don't think anyone <laughs> loves that. I think they just do it because it's the beach. But I've never yes. heard anyone come back from a beach camp and be like, oh boy, that was delightful. <laughs> yeah, All I that sand everywhere. Like <laughs> And, you know, like I, I'm an outdoorsy person, you know, I grew up on land and, you know, I practice barrel racing and, you know, I really know how to get my hands dirty, but, uh, really going out there and hiking and challenging myself was lost maples and enchanted rock. I got a taste of that, left it sort of behind because, you know, life happens and I didn't really know that many people who were that into it. And as time went on, I started going by myself where I was just like, okay, we're going to like hike this. Um, I'm going to challenge myself. And the more I did it, the more I realized uh, that I very much enjoy the silence and I enjoyed the challenge and I enjoyed uh, seeing what I was capable of, you know, like really cleansing. It was just really cleansing. It was, uh, it felt like home. You know, it felt like getting sweaty and dirty and just being like one more mile, you know, like two more miles, like just we're almost there to the car. And when I got through with hiking around the near uh, state parks, I kind of ventured off into Dallas and Houston and Austin. And then I started venturing out west and east and north and south. And uh, that's what led me to where I'm at now, where I wanted to visit every Texas state park because I had been to, you know, one or two North, West, Southeast parks, but I wanted to see all of them. So let's talk about that then. So we've been kind of talking offline now for uh, a few days and, mm-hmm. and you, you have alluded to the packing. Um, so is this, is this part of the adventure you're going on for the state parks or are you going farther out? I'm going farther out and I, you know, just like as a disclaimer, it's what I'm doing is not for everybody. And I say this only purely because of the fact that I have children and it's hard, you know, as a parent uh, to sort of do these things and have a nine to five. And like, if I'm just going to be honest and, and throw this out there, the state parks should be enough. But I felt like if I could do this, then I could go out there. I could go further. I could go to New Mexico. I could go to Washington, Utah, Montana, and venture out and you know, I felt, I've never felt more myself than I felt, um, whenever I was on the trails, you know, not in a cubicle, you know, at, uh, like I said, a nine to five wondering, you know, if I was going to have enough time on the weekend to visit a park, how many parks and rush, 
you know, into visiting all the parks in one. So I just kind of expanded that. And I mean, it goes a little bit deeper than that, but if we're just going to talk about the trails in the parks, I do, I, I just want to see, you know, like I want to experience and I definitely, you know, have heard, you know, from others where they're just like, do it later, you know, do it later in life whenever, you know, you're more settled. And I don't know how my body's going to be when I'm 40 or 50 years old or 60 years old, you know, when everybody's off to college and, you know, when the time's right for everybody else, when everyone else is comfortable, you know, and, and I'm not, I don't want to be that age and then just be like, oh man, you know, like I, I can't do it anymore and have some sort of like resentment for that. So would this be first hikes out of Texas or have you been out of Texas before? Definitely been out of Texas. I've been to, I've been to Washington uh, state. I've been to New Mexico, Colorado, uh, Arkansas, which is a super amazing, underrated state. I love that state so much. Uh, <laughs> I was completely blown away. God, I, you know, all these years I had been trying to go to New Mexico con- consistently. And the first time I went to Arkansas, I was just like, what the heck? You know, like, why have I not been coming here more? You know, I've been to Florida. I've been I've been to a handful of really good states, really exploring them in depth and, you know, seeing all their treasures and beauties. I have not like I, I've just created uh, traditions to the typical little towns that I've been to, like New Mexico. I always go to Lincoln National Forest or White Sands and, you know, I just visit the same areas over and over. And this time I'm just like, I want to go further. Yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked for you. And um, so what are, what is your favorite place that you've been to? Um, let's see. I'm not going to lie. Washington State blew my socks off. Washington State was it for me. And, you know, it's really odd because I feel like some of the places in East Texas, you get a little taste of Washington while you're there. So, you know, while I'm hiking on these trails in different parts of Texas, I feel like there's a little bit of every state that I've been to in every part of Texas. So, <laughs> you know, while I'm hiking and doing, I'm like, this reminds me of Washington or this reminds me of Arkansas or this reminds me of New Mexico, but it's just a little taste, you know, it's not, it's not a uh, fully it. Yeah. East Texas is, well, I mean, Texas in general is kind of bananas, right? Cause yes. there's so many different landscapes and ecosystems, but East Texas, just for the fact of how woody it is. Um, but it's weird because of, you know, I don't live far from you up in Kyle, but going to Bastrop is kind of like oh. my my pine tree experience. And then actually going to East Texas, uh, where those those pine trees are from in Bastrop mm-hmm. and being in like the main source of that was a little eerie for me when I was out east last year. Just kind of funny being in those trees, be like, wow, these are the same ones that were in Bastrop. You know, they're they're growing back, but you don't get to experience it as much. You do a little bit in Bisher State Park, but mm-hmm. being out east, yeah, it's like you're in these trees and they're they're so epic. And then you had mentioned Lost Maples. There's we had gotten because there's no service out there. We had gotten kind of lost leaving. I took the wrong road and there is some roads out there that kind of curve around some of the higher hills that reminded me very briefly of Colorado. So there there's definitely a lot of that here in the state. I laugh because I have had such horrible luck with Bastrop State Park. 
Um, <laughs> when, the, you know, every time I go, there's like, you know, some rain, major rainstorm. Uh, there is some, you know, the freeze, the last time I was there, the freeze happened and we were stuck there. We had to hike out of the park because we couldn't move our vehicle and we hiked to a hotel and oh it, my goodness. Yeah. So, you know, the park ranger that we had spoken to, I was just like, I'm going to conquer this park, you know, one day before the end of the year. Like, I'm going to make sure I knock it out. So, I've been there. I've been there a handful of times already, I think three times, but I haven't really completely like devoured it. And I can't wait. Like, I'm so excited. And I love that park. It's beautiful, it's so amazing. Um, I think one of my favorite parks here in Texas has to be one that blew me away completely that I was not expecting was, I think it was, was it Dangerfield or Atlanta? It was one of those parks and Cotto is always a favorite. I go there every year. I have been there for the past six years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, except for last year because of obviously the pandemic, but that that park is just, it's so epic and it's in, in, uh, uncertain Texas and the fishing, you know, um, the fishing's great. The boating, you know, is amazing. The park is beautiful. The trails are beautiful. The people are amazing. The food is great. It's just a different side of Texas that I've, that I've never got, uh, got to experience before. And, you know, once I got a taste of it, I was just like, everybody go to Cotto. You know, like I loved it so much there. Yeah, I was so happy that I got my YouTube video completed for that park because my, yes. that's that was the last video I made before my hard drive died. So oh, no. all of the parks up until that point, I lost all of my footage and photos for, but I was able to get the video done and uploaded before that happened. So that's kind of like my only way to go back and look at some of the memories I have from that park at all of East Texas. That whole trip was on that hard drive. So, uh, but I I have like anything that I posted and that's why when I tell, when I talk to people about kind of the benefits and the evils of social media and we had kind of mentioned it, but like a lot of my posts are kind of how I store my photos too, you know? Yeah. So I can always go back and look at like my mission that has, posts and and have enough pictures from that and then from the lake and stuff like that too so on your journey is there kind of a timeline of events or are we just seeing seeing how it goes um so i know so far that within this year i made a promise to myself and that was to see all of the texas state parks before the end of the year and i actually have i started January, I think the second week of January of 2021. So I have till, I guess, the second week of January 2022 uh, to finish, you know, in the year's time. So I'm hoping, and I say this with with much pride because I know I'm going to knock it out, uh, all the state parks. I think I have only like 49 left that I need to visit. Um, And, you know, there's still, I haven't updated everything on online. I'm just going with it. And once I get to it, I get to it. Uh, so I know I'm just like steadily going, 
but hopefully by then I'll have everything knocked out. And then everything else is just a plus of, you know, like my travels and exploring and experiencing. That's awesome. Um, this is, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of the stories, <laughs> the storytelling um, from, from the rest of those parks. I, there's so many different things that I have to explore too. And, and the state parks are definitely a, a list that I'm quietly knocking off, but um you know, there's there's definitely some places that I like to go to over and over again. So sometimes for me, that kind of interrupts my my travels because I love like Pertinalis, I love Bastrop, mm. um, and so every time I'm like, man, I kind of want to go here. I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> I love Pertinalis too, so I'm just gonna go. And and for me, day trips are kind of important during the school year. Once summer starts, it'll be a little bit different. But in the past, it was always. I would go hike and then be back in time to get the little one from school. But now my wife works from home, so it's changed the schedule a little bit. There's been a couple parks that are a little bit farther out. Like South Lano for me was kind of far, um, and I don't have to rush it so much because I, yeah. I tend to hike quickly anyway. So I'm glad you're going to be able to kind of stretch that out and, and just take whatever time you need in between to um, to visit those places. So. What else yes. is going on? Um, nothing. I I feel like uh, I do have to say that I've been completely inspired by your profile as well. <laughs> uh-huh. I feel like uh, the community, you know, the hiking and the camping community has been so kind. And I've met some incredible people along the way. You know, uh, it's, it's so different. You know, um, yes, I have my group of friends, you know, that I talk to every day and, you know, we, we do certain things together, but then there's just those people that you meet on trails or, you know, through social media where we're kind of going through the same thing, you know, we're exploring, we're adventures, we're storytelling, you know, we're sharing life experiences through our photos and we're educating others. You know, it's so much more than us just sharing on social media. We're creating communities and we're allowing people to be them. You know, like we're not the perfect prototype of a hiker or camper. We're the everyday bird playing Janes and Joes, you know, who show others we can do this. And I felt when I saw your profile, I was just like, yes, you know, there's somebody else doing it just like me. And then the people that you post, you know, like you're you're putting them out there. And I feel like that's really inspiring and it's very humbling in itself because you're giving everybody a voice. You're giving people, you know, this platform to share this because everybody's going through their own journey and their own venture. And I love that. Like, I love that there's people out there who can do that instead of being like, you know, like, I don't want to share this with anybody, (laughs) you know, because they're, I mean, they're out there and I don't blame them, you know, because everybody, you know, likes to keep little gems to themselves. But I do think it's beautiful uh, people like yourself where you have these platforms and you're using them in a really healthy way, you know, in a really creative way. And you're uh, creating a small little community and I, I love that. I very much enjoy that. And I very much enjoy seeing your posts and all the places that you've been where I'm just like, yes, that's what I have to look forward to. You know, my next trip here, my next trip there. Well, that's that's very kind of you to say. And I think that's kind of sums up what, what the, the goal was from the very beginning was, yeah, it's my stories, but it, it's also involving other people stories as well so i definitely appreciate you coming on to the podcast and just just 
chatting with me about our our passion of the outdoors and kind of what what makes it so special for us and and how how we use it to kind of help heal ourselves and 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 I hope people that are listening out there kind of get on feel that that's something they can do as well so um but yeah I really appreciate you saying that yeah of course no problem I mean oh, we have to stay together there's so much stuff going on out there you know <laughs> like there's just it's been a crazy what a year and a half already and for any way for us to escape and kind of uh, feel free, you know, like t- for us to find ourselves again, it's, um, I know, I think you had posted something recently about mental health awareness, you know, that I think is very important for people to talk about, like, let's normalize that. And I feel like hiking uh, sort of helps with that stigma, you know, especially when we talk about it, especially when we talk about how healthy it is to be out there. Um, how healthy it is to exercise, you know, how healthy it is for us to uh, create these friendships and uh, these bonds with others who aren't afraid to normalize that. Cool. All right. Well, thank you. Of course. (laughs) Thanks for talking with me. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search the Texas Trailhead. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, Facebook page, and see pictures from the outdoors on my Instagram page. So until next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead.